Good morning, good afternoon, what's new in Adapted Physical Education podcast listeners. Happy to be bringing you uh, our 14th episode uh, today. And we have a two-section one. Um, and we talked about collaboration between APE teachers in district, from district to district and collaboration with the IEP team uh, and a few other subjects within this today's podcast. So... Super excited to be bringing it to you. It's two people that I know locally, Gobin Johnson and Heather Katz, and we'll be meeting them in a moment. Um, as well as, I did want to give you a quick update on something I got a really special chance to participate in about two weeks ago. I got to, I mean, uh, I am the director of Capabilities Michigan out of near Detroit. And I got invited by Dr. Lauren Lieberman to go to a Campability Summit a few weeks ago. And it was just such a terrific thing. We got to go to um, a city outside of Salt Lake City. It was so beautiful to be there. And I met so many people that run Campabilities from throughout the nation. And it was so inspiring to hear everyone's stories about how they've started their camp, what they're doing at their camps. And... Um, you know, events like that, to me, just really, you know, it's a collaborative piece, which goes into today's episode, but it just, it, it not only gives you such good content knowledge that you get to walk away from uh, and, and know how to better implement things and fundraise and program, but it also just, it inspires you to know that people are doing this, these things out of the, the goodness of their heart most of the time. And it really just tells you what it means to be in our field at times that there's so many different people and so many different reasons to be out there promoting what we do and to hear so many different people's um, opinions and what they're going through. It's just an amazing thing. So anyways, I just want to share one quote uh, on collaboration that I found from Helen Keller. We all know who Helen Keller is, um, a political activist, uh, the first person who was deaf and blind to earn their bachelor's degree. She said, alone we can do so very little, but together we can do so very much. And I just thought that was a nice uh, segue into what we're going to talk about today and collaboration and how important that is in our field that we collaborate not only with people in our department, with people all over. All right. So um, I like to say that I have Govan Johnson here and Heather Katz. And we have Denton ISD and then Allen ISD. Mm -hmm. And we're in north, the North Texas area. Okay. And so I'll do an introduction later, but we can, it will flow into it okay. a little bit. So first off, welcome. Thank you. Glad Thank to you. be here. So... I know Gobin and Heather from my doctoral programs here at Texas Women's University. Uh, Gobin is going through the master's program, something similar to what I went through a few years ago back in Michigan. Uh, but Gobin's teaching for how long? This is my 18th year teaching. 
third year teaching APE. So what did you do before that? I was athletic coordinator, taught general PE and a partner's PE class that paired partners with um, students with disabilities. And partner PE is not something in Michigan that's too common, at least it's an idea sometimes, but we're not actually seeing it in action. So something that maybe we can touch on in a little while. And we also have Heather Katz here, who I also know, she is a recent uh, graduate from the master's program, was it last year? Yeah, last year, last August. Last August, and she works in the Denton ISD, which is uh, the ISD that uh, TWU located, same area. And we uh, run a Friday practicum for our undergrad students, and we have uh, some of Heather's students, or had them. We used to, yeah. We used to, and they would come in, and the AP teachers came in and uh, would assist us, so... Welcome as well. Thank you. Yes. Glad to be here. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to talk today a little bit about uh, we have two different APE teachers from two different districts. We have Allen ISD and Denton ISD. And, and Goban, I don't even know how close Allen is. How far away is that? Uh, we're about, about 50 miles, 45 to 50 miles from here. Okay, that's pretty far. So then the, 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 the point that I think is interesting um, is that we have two APE teachers within the same geographical regional area but then we have two people that collaborate um, between districts and I don't think that's something that happens too often I know when I taught I didn't do that I didn't talk to people in the district next to me and I know I should have but let's talk a little bit about that collaboration piece and we'll dive a little bit more into your, your AP program specifically and then also maybe how you collaborate with other people that are in your IEP teams or on your teams. They don't have to be in your IEP teams. It can be, there's, there's all types of teams. You always label it in the IEP team. Gobin, I'm going to ask you first, uh, so what populations of students are you working with in your... I, I work with any and every population within my district that would need my services in adaptive PE. So anything from... Uh, intellectual disabilities to kids with multiple severe disabilities, uh, medically fragile, uh, students with autism at all ends of the spectrum, anything basically that comes to my district there on my caseload. I, I am the only APE teacher, so if, it, if they're receiving APE service, it does come across my desk at so some when, point. When you say you're the only APE teacher, do you mean in the district or in your school? In the, in the district. Wow. I am I am the APE deliverer for the entire district. So when you say deliverer, um, does that mean that you are direct service or are you a consultant model? I do a combination. Uh, probably more than half of my service is consultant model uh-huh. uh, with PE teachers and paraprofessionals, instructional assistants. Uh, but the rest, probably 40% of my service is direct where I will go in and work directly with the kid, either in a pull-out service, if, if that's what's mm-hmm. best for them, all the way to basically uh, co-teaching a little bit with part of the class. Very cool. And Heather, so uh, what, what type of students are you working with on a regular basis? Same as going. I got a wide range of students. I've got, uh, I work with some other professionals in my district uh, with our severe kids in a motor sensory lab is what we call it so that's a big way we get to collaborate so I have those kids on my caseload and I also have a higher functioning kids a little bit of everything and in Denton we have we provide more direct services 
rather than console. We do have some console, but we're pretty fortunate that we get to work directly with our kids either once a week, once every other week. I got a few questions on that, Heather. Um, first, can you expand upon what does that motor sensory room look like? What are you doing in there? Well, uh, that the motor sensory lab are PTs, OTs, uh, me and VI, uh, O&M, uh, AT, uh, who else is on that team? Obviously the special ed teacher and the paraprofessionals. Um, every Tuesday, we call it Terrific Tuesday, we all get together and provide them with different activities. A lot of the times that the OTs are working on uh, uh, using buttons for communication and uh, different sort of assistive technology types of things. But I get to play a big role in planning all the activities. And we recently uh, took that group to the pool for the first time, so a lot of them got to experience that. And just getting those experiences, we brought in a professional square dance caller, and that was really neat for them to experience. And I think the teachers have more fun with that than the kids, but there are a few of the kids have a lot of fun too. But just providing them with all sorts of opportunities, trying to make them smile. Uh, and then I had one other question off what you said, uh, Heather. And you said that you you get the privilege, I'm paraphrasing, you, you get to, to do more direct service mm-hmm. than consultant, and you feel lucky about that. Yes. And I, that's my experience. Consulting is not what I've really ever done. Um, I've always done direct service. And, Gobin, you said that you're half and half right now. And I, I would just like to, to ask, I think that's a really interesting point that you're bringing up, um, why do you why do you prefer direct service? I feel like I can make the most change with my background uh, as the gross motor specialist, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I can give them that one-on-one attention and actually work with them on particular skills and allow them to be successful. And I'm already consulting with all of my general PE teachers anyway, even if they're not technically the kids aren't on consult services so i just feel like i get to add that extra little step and give them one-on-one attention and go what do you think about that i would agree working directly with the kids is i think what all of us in this profession would prefer to do um you know and i have increased over my three years working on this job the amount of time that i spend directly with the kids on direct service delivery you know they're just there's there's a certain point when you you have to look at how you can best deliver as much to the kids as you possibly can across an entire district when you're looking at at least one kid on 20 different campuses. Um, and unfortunately, time during the day, time when the kids are in school, when they're in PE class, doesn't lend itself when you're spread that thin to working directly with every kid. I, I would always prefer to work directly with my kids mm-hmm. uh, rather than showing someone else what to do or how to modify or adapt activities in a classroom. Although that is generally what I think we all want to see happen is we want our direct service to end up being with giving that kid more independence in the general education curriculum. Uh, and that, that at least should be what our aim is. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like working directly with the kid would be getting us to that point a lot quicker than sometimes just consulting consulting because then it's consulting a lot of times you are fixing a problem after the fact after it's become a problem or something's not working and it takes you longer to fix that 
than it does if you're working directly with the kid because you see it's not working and now you just fix it on the spot. Uh, whereas, you know, consult, it's, you got to rely on somebody else to fulfill mm-hmm. what you consulted on, uh, deliver the programming, and let you know in a timely manner, hopefully, if something's <laughs> not working or if it needs to be changed. Hopefully. Yeah. And our general PE teachers, they have 50 or 50 plus kids in a class at a time. They can't, they can't reasonably focus on our kids, just one or two kids in a class. So getting that hands-on attention is just so important. All right, so going back to, thanks for indulging yes. me on that. <laughs> um, so going back to the collaboration piece. So you said, Gobin, that you're almost 50 miles away or around 50 miles away uh, from Heather's ISD, her, her base school. Um, so how often are you able to collaborate with one another? Well, uh, since I've been still in the master's program up here at TWU and traveling up here weekly, we collaborate a lot more often um, than probably as usual for two teachers separated by such a distance mm-hmm. just because I have to come to town in the evenings once or twice a week where she's located. So it makes it a lot easier for us to get together for 30 minutes, an hour, talk about what she's doing in her programming, what I'm doing in my programming, bounce ideas off of each other. Uh, you know, we also touch base with other APE teachers within her district. Um, and that just, that gives us an opportunity to, keep going forward and, and feed off of each other and the enthusiasm that we both have for what we're doing and, and where our careers are going in the future. So. And we are both uh, fortunate to be able to um, play a role in our state organization in Tayford, and uh, that's another great place to get excited about things and an opportunity to collaborate. And we've presented together and plan to do even more in the future with that. So, you know, you said that you had this opportunity to collaborate with one another between districts. Um, so what are the things that are coming out of that collaboration? Um, well, like Heather said, we've already done a presentation at the state annual conference here in Texas this past year. Uh, we are actually set to meet again next Monday to talk about putting presentation proposals together to present at Missouri's state conference, hopefully. Um, we're going to, we, we just started this week a virtual BACHA tournament between our districts. It's something that they had started in their district last year, inter-district, or intramurals within their district, and I, I thought that sounded like such a good idea. I took it upon myself to try to create a inter-district deal. Uh, so we're competing Denton ISD versus Allen ISD Bacha skills this year and next year we plan on my idea is to include several more districts with friends that I've made in AP field so we'll hopefully have three or four more next year for a total of five to six schools doing this collaborative competitive Bacha skills tournament. You blew me away on that one that's awesome. <laughs> I heard about the uh, the Bacha a virtual one you're doing, it was on Google Docs, correct? Yeah. And people are keeping score through mm-hmm. schools. So now you're expanding upon that idea. Yeah, and the great thing about the virtual tournaments is not only does this opportunity to get to reach more kids, but it doesn't, as long as you have the bocce equipment, it doesn't cost anything. You don't have to pay to transport the kids anywhere. And they get that 
competitive experience right in their own classroom. And Bacha, uh, Bacha equipment's relative. We're APE teachers, mm -hmm. so you know we, we adapt and overcome as we have to. <laughs> yes, yes. We don't have the real equipment. We, we use other things. So there was a, It's very flexible. There was mm -hmm. a partner PE teacher last year that used yarn balls, which I wouldn't recommend, but you use what you got. So it's a great game. I love Bacha just for that reason. But you kind of explained it already with that. Is how does this collaboration uniquely affect your consulting or direct service with your students? But the point you just made was really great. Is there any additional ways? It helps me make sure that I'm thinking outside of the box and looking for other opportunities for all of the kids I service, whether it's through um, direct service uh, or consulting service. This last weekend, uh, our regional service center hosted Kinetic Games, which is uh, just a sampling of different sporting events for kids with physical impairments. Um, so just the collaboration that I have with other APE teachers and the Denton ISD APE teachers in particular, it helps me stay on top of what's available out there, what others are doing, what they're taking their kids to, what they would like to take their kids to, so that, uh, that, that makes me go seek out those opportunities. Uh, and this year we had, from Allen, we only we had five kids attend the games this year that stayed pretty much all day and sampled six, seven different sports that they may have never been exposed to or may never have been exposed to just going to a regular physical education curriculum uh, because of their physical disabilities. A lot of times they get left out of those opportunities. All right, uh, now I want to ask a little bit more about the collaboration piece within some other areas. So you're, you're collaborating with one another, uh, which I think is great. Between districts, it's not common, uh, really. Were you doing it before you were doing it at TW, collaborating with, between well, districts? I did, uh, not as much as I'm doing now, but I did collaborate with other people. I reached out to people because when I moved from being an athletic coordinator of a middle school campus in my district to a full-time adapted PE teacher, I knew that I wanted to do a good job. I wanted to do the best I could for all of my students. Um, and the fear is that you're not going to. So I started immediately seeking out opportunities. I was on the internet. I was looking, looking for as many resources as I could find about how to do my job. What, what should I expect of my job? What should I expect of myself and my kids? Um, which then led me to reaching out to the university, which, you know, I've been here for two years now, part-time working on another master's degree. So um, I've collaborated with professors here at the university. I've reached out to other districts. I've reached out to um, our regional service center, APE consultants uh, mm -hmm. down close to my district. Um, so, yes, I, I've done a lot of consulting with other teachers, collaboration with other teachers and districts. Um, but I have found that Denton ISD and the TW area have adapted PE teachers that have the same outlook that I do. And so it makes it so much easier to collaborate consistently and move all of our kids forward. With How are you collaborating as well? How are you reaching out to outside agencies or organizations in your area? Uh, I re actually just yesterday I met with uh, Denton Parks and Rec because one of my 
major priorities is to establish a, a relationship with them and provide opportunities for our kids outside of the school day. Because a lot of the times when you're trying to create programs in a district, there's a lot of barriers to it, and there's less barriers when you're working with those outside agencies. So we're looking into creating wheelchair sport programs there, and we're talking about implementing this summer a two- or three-day outdoor pursuits camp for uh, any kid with a disability. So ho- hopefully we're going to be able to get on that and get, get, that, get the word out there and get some kids involved in that. And uh, with that camp, we're going to see what our kids are interested in um, and hopefully be able to develop a whole fishing program through Parks and Rec or maybe hiking. Where I know uh, my colleague, Linda Hilgenbrink, uh, she's one of the other APE specialists in Denton. Uh, she really wants to start a uh, cycling camp because our kids, our parents, that's the one thing they ask for every year is I want my kid to be able to ride a bike. So if we can uh, create that relationship with Parks and Rec where we can implement a program like that, it would benefit our kids immensely. I got a follow-up question to that. How do you how do you find these agencies to then make it? Like, I mean, how, do, how does it initially start? How do you first start that relationship? Well, for me, um, I'm also a group exercise instructor, and I've taught at a bunch of different parks and recs, uh, rec organizations. So I've, uh, I know what they're capable of providing. And when I first started in Denton, I immediately reached out to them, and I started up a Zumba class for kids with disabilities that I'm doing through them now. And that kind of uh, sparked their interest in providing more adaptive rec programs. And I am getting to ha- have a lot of input with that. So I reach out to our Parks and Recs department as well. Um, I am collaborating right now with our new health services coordinator in our district, who is also our physical education health curriculum person. Uh, We are working to create a cycling curriculum for the district as an elective at the high school level. Um, I've I've been asked to be on a committee with our Parks and Recs to um, lead future programming decisions and directions that, that they are for services they are providing for kids with disabilities in the area. Uh, I also serve as vice president on the Allen Sports Association soccer board. Five years ago, myself and the president of the board helped bring Special Olympics soccer competitions to our town um, so that the kids and the teams were able to have competition before they had to go to their classification for their spring games, summer games, um, and it, it gave them more of an opportunity to learn the game of soccer, to play as a team. Uh, so those are some of the ways that I've been reaching out and collaborating with agencies outside of the school district. So I'm going to move now to collaboration within your IEP teams. Um, and first off, the first question though I have is, How are you included right now as an AP teacher within the IEP process? So being included in our IEP team, um, the process for our IEPs, as the AP specialist in my district, I am expected to do all of the assessment. I am expected to do all of the goal writing. Uh, I attend as many ARD meetings or IEP meetings as um, possible. I, I do try to not go to some 
if everything is going well, the parents are excited about what's going on with their kid and they have no questions or concerns for me so that I can spend more time with my other kids. Um, I also do all data tracking to make sure that the goals and objectives are being achieved and if not, then what do we need to do? Um, I do all the progress reporting for APE, whether I'm doing consulting or direct service. So I, I'm fully engaged within the entire IEP process within my district. Um, I'm also expected to collaborate with PTs and OTs, uh, speech therapists, make sure that we are not reporting contradictory things, because if we are, then we need to look at why are we seeing contradictory things? What can we do better to make sure that the, the kid is able to generalize a skill from APE service to physical therapy to occupational therapy? Uh, we look at, is it just the setting that we're in when we're doing the service? Is it the person? Uh, is it the directions, the verbal directions you're giving? Is it the need for more physical assistance? So we, we are expected to look at all of that stuff to make sure that if we are reporting contradictory things to the parents on progress, um, that we understand why we're seeing contradictory things and we can explain that to the parents. It's not a parent looking at it and saying, these people do not know what they're doing. <laughs> the Den ISD, uh, it looks very similar to, um, to Alan. And, uh, but we're required to be at every annual. We have to be there, which most people would think I was crazy for saying this, but as a first-year teacher, I actually like that because I want to get to know these parents and build a relationship. And uh, we, we send out a packet at the beginning of the year to get parent feedback on what they want, but actually be, uh, seeing those parents face-to-face -face and having those conversations with them in those meetings invaluable and it makes all a difference. Yeah, I would agree. My first two years, I went to as many ARDS as I could, or as many IEPs. I got to make sure I'm using language that everybody will understand. <laughs> what, uh, what, so, real quick on that, though, I was going to ask you just real quick because ARD, I believe, is specific Texas. only to Texas. Mm -hmm. So, ARD means admissions. Admissions. Review, review and dismissal. And I thought you were going to get them there for a second. <laughs> and one I, of them. I thought you'd been here long enough to get them now. Yeah. <laughs> Admission, review, and dismissal meetings, uh, which are the IEP meetings for us in mm -hmm. Texas. I've heard both, though. Yeah. It's interchangeable, right? It, so It is, but you will almost, for people that have spent their entire careers in Texas, yeah. you will hear ARD meetings. Uh, people that have come from other states at some point in their either educational career or their teaching career will usually uh, refer to them as IEP meetings a lot. Now, Gobin, earlier you were talking about um, how you collaborate with you collaborate with your IEP team, speech therapist, OTs, PTs. You have so many people that can be a part of that IEP uh, team. Um, but I, I want a little bit more on that of, like, maybe some specifics, as in, like, what are your collaboration pieces that you're able to do with somebody that works in speech? What does PE and speech have to do with each other? Uh, what is it happening with your special ed or gen ed teacher? Like, what, what does that look like? In collaborating with our 
PE teacher or let's say the special ed teacher, um, a lot of times the main thing that I'm going in to talk to them about is to make sure that what I see when I go into the gymnasium or I go into the classroom, what I see the kid performing is actually what they're doing when I'm not there as well. So I want to make sure that this is consistent skill performance. It is generalized, so it's not just when Coach Johnson shows up um, that student is able to do this with a PE teacher or with an instructional assistant that may be there that day assisting in class or even the special education case manager teacher at the time. Um, when I'm looking with physical therapists and occupational therapists, we're looking at the fine motor skills, the problems that the student is having with object control. Is it due to fine motor skills? Is the OT working on these fine motor skills at the same time that I am? And do we need to double up on that? Or can we combine a goal, collaborate on that goal so that it's it's taking care of that child's fine motor needs at the same time without them having to do the same exercise for different reasons two or three times a day. Uh, another person I really like to collaborate with is my special ed, uh, special ed teachers. And I have developed a relationship with one of my teachers who's really interested in just making her classroom more physically active. So she's asked me for different activities, like crossing the midline activities. I brought in an It Rock set. We have it set up around her room. And I introduced her to some yoga apps because she has one kid that is a behavioral challenge. But when you put an iPad in front of him with a yoga app, he is just something else. So we, uh, we work together to find things that work for all her students and just to make her classroom more physically active. And in turn, that benefits the kids on my caseload, too, because they're getting extra practice. Great. Yeah, and when, when I'm able to, when I time it just right and we can meet up with the music therapist, you know, that's always a good time to collaborate with another therapist because music and movement, they just, they go together naturally. And, and kids will move in ways that you never thought that you would ever see them move when you add some music to the mix. Um, and, you know, that that song and that guitar and, and other instruments that the kids play just makes a huge difference in, in getting the skills out of the kids. So. Awesome. Um, all right. So within that IEP process, something that, you know, uh, gets forgotten a lot as well is that we also have the parent and the student that are supposed to be part of that team as well. So it doesn't have to be specifically the IEP, but how are you um, including collaboration with one the parents and two how are you collaborating with the student when you're planning or you're uh you in your jobs how are you doing that well i'll start off with the parents i like to i call my parents i try to call them before i write my goal so i'll have an idea in mind of what i want to do for the kid and then i'll call the parents and see what they think because if they're invested in that goal writing process then they're more likely to work with the kid outside of school, leading them to be more successful. And it's just another way to build those relationships, which will lead to their kid getting more involved 
in, in everything, in the programs we developed through Parks and Rec, hopefully, in their PE classes, when a parent's invested, they're going to fight for you and be on your side, which is so important in any district. Uh, with the students, I'll, I'll just tell a story about um, one of my kids in particular. Uh, we found out, like, the first couple weeks of working with each other that we both loved dance, and this girl... She didn't like PE. She really wasn't into physical activity at all. And knowing she she has spina bifida, so I knew she had need to work on her balance. And I found ways to create balance goals that we could incorporate into dance, so we can both have fun um, working on that goal together. And she has been so engaged in all of our sessions and. We're actually going to get her into a dance program outside of school, all because we created this school that she was invested in. That's and really awesome. good. <laughs> well, see, there, all the collaborating I've done, and I, I found out something new already. <laughs> so you can collaborate all the time and still find out something mm -hmm. new. That's great. Um, I try to involve the parents uh, as much as possible. I try to talk to them a minimum of once to two times per nine weeks. Uh, grading period just because I want to make sure that when I call them we're on the same page and we're going the same direction because like Heather said if you're if you're pulling in one direction and the parents pulling in another direction or they have other ideas and goals for their kid um, you're not going to achieve the same results as if you're both pulling in the same direction so involving the parents early and often to make sure that they're updated on the progress and what's going on and that allows you to move forward so much faster if you have a kid that's achieving their goals because now you can be working on the next thing and the next step. Um, cycling, like you said earlier, Heather, is is a big request from a lot of parents. They, they, they just want their child to be able to go out and ride their bicycle in the neighborhood like every other kid. Um, so working on cycling skills, getting a little ergometer to, to have the kid just work on the, the pedaling mechanism uh, that it just works wonders for for those kids the kids involved in the planning um, at least in my experience really doesn't start being consistent until the kid is an older elementary middle school high school kid where they've matured enough that their parents start respecting their opinion about what they want to do and what they want to achieve. Um, and then the, the parent usually will start bringing that, their child to the IEP meetings at that point. I always, once a child is able to express to me what they like, what they don't like, um, in whatever manner that they express that, then I will start reaching out to them before I talk to the parents about new goals to see what they like and what they want to do. Um, what are your goals in, in sports or just PE or outside of rec and leisure activities? Um, and then I will contact the parents because now I have an idea if everybody's on the same page and I can suggest and um, try to get the parent to see what their kid is seeing and what their kid's desires are so that hopefully they are doing something together outside of school as well because that's going to increase your chances of success in achieving those annual goals and objectives if mom and dad or and the child are 
working on the same skills outside of school. And that goes back to what Heather was saying about being invested in what you're doing. All right. That was awesome to have Gobin and Heather talk about collaboration and their process and their programs. Next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about collaboration and also talk a little bit more about Gobin and Heather and how, why they chose the field of APE. Um, so everyone have a great day. Uh, enjoy May. And I know a lot of us are starting to, to wrap up the summer program. So uh, really excited uh, to have some of that free time. And I hope everyone's planning their their field days right now and having an awesome end of the year. All right, take care.